what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Every single time, man, something goes wrong. I wanted Donovan Mitchell in New York. I shut my mouth. I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word because I didn't want to blow it. I didn't want to get in the way. You got about seven or eight first round picks. You got RJ Barrett. You got Julius Randle. You got Toppin. You got Emmanuel quickly. And you still couldn't get Donovan Mitchell. You still couldn't get him. So once again, we're going to go into another season and the New York Knicks are devoid of a star. They're somewhere other than in a New York Knicks uniform. See, this is what I'm trying to say, man. <laughs> they make me sick. Nothing ever gets done in New York with the Knicks. Nothing. Nothing. I'm be cool. And just, it just never ends with the Knicks. It just never freaking ends. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the playing there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? All right, welcome back to Swish FM. Chris Wendelkin, Ben Craw, Brandon Lizzie, a.k.a. Whammy in the house, guys. How we doing? It's been a... He's uh, back. He's back. He's back. Daddy the Wan is, is back. back. <laughs> tough How daddy. How we doing, daddy? Uh, yep. Tough daddy's going through a tough time. Sure um, my brand of strident disciplinarianism is not taking with the newborn. Um, she's She's wild. She's what? free. She does what she wants. She doesn't listen. Have and, you thought about a crackdown? Uh, I've enacted several crackdowns, and I got to tell you, that freedom Curfew. and that joie de vivre is causing America to fall in love with her. So, wow, not good. Yeah, it's, can't a, have this. it's a classic uh, 1984 Apple commercial situation. You need to She's, employ you need to employ the Joseph Sy method. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Tough, tougher Joseph Sy, tough guy. Tougher dad. Yeah, yeah. We can't. Tougher daddy. We can't. We can't have this girl becoming the next Kevin Durant. Yeah, well, she's that, and uh, she's showing me a different way of living that involves not just no. not sleeping, appreciating how bright lights are, Mm-mm. and um, I mean, it's it's. I just to be serious for one moment. Anybody who has children, it's very hard. People don't talk about how hard it is. Well, this There's, is also yeah. not your first child. If I'm not mistaken, it's your third child. Yeah, I've lost count That's... after. Yeah. An absurd number of children. It's really dumb. And adding to the human population, questionable decision at best for the Earth. Well, and then, I mean, at least Elon Musk would would approve. He would agree. Um, and then I think adding to, um, you know, you're going from uh, man to zone to credit mm. our friend, mutual friend, John Stone. <laughs> so you can't employ, you can't be locked down, you know, out there. You got to kind of hover, yeah. take yeah. one half of the field. You got to float a little bit. Yeah, yes, little and sometimes the, sometimes the flat is wide open, 
and then mm-hmm. sometimes you Whoops. come down into the flat little, and one just flies right over the top. A little mix-up in coverage. <laughs> yeah. It's, communication out if there. If there's and any gap in that zone. Suddenly it's a wide-open layup. Those children find Holy the soft... Smokes. Yeah, they find the soft spot in the zone. Eesh. So... So, yeah, I mean, it's great. But I do want to say for all the parents out there, uh, it's hard. You're not imagining it. Um, and good luck. So there you go. But right. I'm glad. I'm glad. Oh, and I get to call her Maybe, which is cool. I'm sure her name's Maeve. And so her uh, nickname can be Maybe, M-A-E-B-Y, which I think is really cool. I found that after she was born. So we were going to call her May, but we'll go with Maybe, I think. so. Wait, Maybe right. with a B or a V? M-A-E. Well, my wife calls her Maeve. But I call her Maybe, like B. Maybe. Got it. I think it's great. The name Maybe is very cute to me. Yeah, Maybe is a very cute name. Maeve yeah. is also a great name. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot you can do with it. So we'll yeah. see where it. We'll see where it ends up. So guys, we wow. were we were looking for a second there, like it was just going to be a full rebrand, rebrand to uh, becoming a full rehearsal podcast. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, That's right. Not a ton happening in the NBA. Mm-mm. And then all of a sudden, yesterday, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers acquired three-time All-Star Donovan Mitchell. So we're going to have to unpack that. Emergency. But then first, I guess, yeah, I think definitely we emergency. should probably... We have some new Apple Podcast reviews. Oh, do we now? Um, <laughs> so I wanted to That's read this fun. one. I wonder who it could be yeah. from. So this one just came in from, uh, subject is from Maeve. Wow. Uh, what? Don't know who the aforementioned yeah, Maeve? I don't know who it's oh, from. Who? Hey, uh, hey. But, yeah, oh. it could be from Maeve. Uh, so uh, this person says, I listen to this podcast when my daddy is away. I hear his voice and hot takes, and it feels like he's right next to me. Love the pod. Mave. <laughs> oh my god. So nice. That well, is so touching and so sweet. I'm, that's pretty I'm, cool. I feel so so sorry for that young child though that her father is not more present. Um, well, you know, I mean that's that's podcasting. It's sort of it tragic. Takes, cool that she's, she's putting it out there though. Forced she's to resort to listening there. to a podcast as a uh, you know, a weak replacement for for her actual father. For her, well, uh, but father. as you know, that's but podcasting. I mean, you know, I guess here it's I am. Than nothing. Here I am. The NBA calls, I pick up the phone, right? Mm-hmm. There's no waiting. That's the business we've chosen on vacation, yeah. hiding in the closet, podcast. No matter what's going on at home, that's no exactly what right. Your, what your poor wife Kelly needs, yeah, from you you, in any you cast, yeah. yeah, you have priorities. So, we love it. Yeah. So she well, knows Maeve, that's where Daddy goes. And yeah. Maeve, we salute you. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank as you, Maeve. Always. That really <laughs> thanks for listening. Lie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always nice to have a new fan, and also uh, really, really impressive uh, writing from a uh, newborn. Yeah, almost beyond yeah, her hope years. Daddy does yeah. Yeah. come around at some point, uh, but in, until he does, we're here. You know, we are here for you. That's right. I With hope it's the, not a cats in the cradle and the silver spoon situation for you, Maeve. Mm-hmm. But uh, it could be. Yeah, we're all we're all pulling for you and uh, <laughs> hoping could for the be. best in that uh, tragic home situation that you have. <laughs> Certainly could be a sitch. Uh, all right. So like I said, the, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday uh, acquired three-time All-Star guard Donovan Mitchell wow. in a trade with the Utah Jazz. Sources informed Swish FM. Uh, the Cavs are sending the Jazz forward Laurie Markkinen, uh, Colin Sexton, uh, rookie. Help me with the name here. Uh, Ad- um, OG Adebayo, right? OG, OG Adebayo? I believe so. Okay, great. Three unprotected first-round picks in 2025, 27, and 29, and two pick swaps in 26 and 28. 
Uh, Colin Sexton then agreed oh, to a four-year. Oche Abaji, sorry. Oche Abaji. Yeah. Okay. Colin Sexton then agreed to a four-year, seventy-two million dollars sign and trade to join the Jazz. Um, obviously, the deal sort of transforms. You know, the Cavs, they were this up-and-coming team into something of a Eastern Conference contender here, Wham. Uh, You'd you know, hope. Adding Mitchell to a lineup mm-hmm. that already includes Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Rookie of the Year runner-up Evan Mobley. Um, he was so robbed. A lot to be a lot to be excited about. Uh, give me your thoughts, you know, just initial thoughts when you yeah. heard that the, the deal went through, Wham. My initial thought was, you know, unbridled excitement. And then the sober worries of a three-time father creep up on you, and you yeah. start to think about all the problems with the trade. You start to think mm. about all that they gave away. You start to think about the limitations of Donovan Mitchell as a player. But I do want to say, mm. before I get into those cracks, uh, that this is a mighty fine move for a mid-market team that doesn't acquire players of Donovan Mitchell's ilk very often. I would say yeah. the last time they did this was probably Kevin Love. It's actually very similar, um, except they don't have LeBron James on their team. But like Kevin Love, sort of top 20. What did they give up for Love? Do you remember? Um, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett, and a couple firsts. I think two firsts. So it was like two number one overall picks. Yes. And an additional like first round draft. I think so. Yeah, I think that was it. And Andrew Wiggins never never played. He played very well for the Timberwolves. But he never played for the Cavs, right? Uh, no, never. But, he was drafted, yeah. and they had to wait six weeks. He didn't weeks. play very well for the Timberwolves. He did. He's, he did. He did. Really? I mean, it, was, it wasn't like, I mean, he very like well. He his points. I think he yeah. didn't play. I think he played much better at, in the current, you know. Well, when you're winning a championship, you look, you look much, much better. Minnesota. The, yeah. it, it, limiting him to this one finals run and playing very well, I think, is too reductive. But he was never the number one pick franchise changer that like anthony edwards is or whatever so anyway um yeah uh what was what were we talking about we were talking about at wiggins what, what was the question no, you were just had? saying yeah. that cleveland doesn't often get we like, don't a we don't we don't in free agency and well it, a trade it, it or reminded you it reminded you of the kevin love trade we don't acquire players like this ever i mean kevin love was the last player that we acquired who is this good and before that i don't think we acquired like we Ant- antoine jameson um, you know, the first LeBron right. go around. I mean, that was, but he was like really over the hill at that point. But um, yeah, so kudos to the Cavs for pushing it in. You know, they were going to be kind of stuck in the middle, six, seven, eight, nine, ten type team, maybe a little better with Colin Sexton coming back. My thought is the Cavs did the right thing. They gave up a lot and Donovan Mitchell is not what they needed. You know, they, they do need an offensive threat, but they more than anything, they need what everybody needs, which is a playmaking three. Yeah, they can, need a yeah. wing. They need who's, a wing, which we do not. Who's the wing on their team? Well, Okoro, Isaac Okoro will start at the three, and we're all right. praying that he will develop a three-point shot because all he has to do is defend and sit and shoot threes while the big guys take up the space in the middle and the and Donovan and Garland dribble the ball around so he doesn't have Basically, to do too much yeah now they just need lebron i mean oh my LeBron god yeah well we were all we were all hoping there was a lebron sized cap hole before this season opening up next off season you know kevin loves contract coming off the book books and it was like lebron just slots right in there but then he signed that extension so but i think i do want to say that it's just they didn't need 
Donovan Mitchell. And I had the same issue with the Knicks. And before we get to the Knicks, please don't go right into the Knicks. But stick on the cast for a second. This Donovan Mitchell, is he a difference-making player? You know, he's top 20, 25, very nice-looking shooting guard. It depends on the yeah. context, the situation. You know, like, he makes a difference on the Jazz because the Jazz don't have the players. Right, to, like, you, you know take I mean? the like, ball from it, him. Yeah, like, the, the Jazz offense was like, okay, Donovan, like, go, go get do your thing. We, we need you to score 30 points, he, but not every team he's kind of inefficient. needs that and can sort of support that. He's kind of inefficient. He cannot play defense. But the Cavs have a really unique situation where everybody who's playing one through three on that team looks way better because their plus minus is improved by Mobley and Allen just yeah. erasing any mistakes they make on defense almost. And Mobley will get better. I mean, you, you got to do it if you're the Cavs. I just the only thing I regret is that they didn't do this for Dejounte Murray. Three firsts for Dejounte Murray and keeping Sexton and Lowry Markkinen and Abaji. Um, like I feel like that's a better team. Um, mm. Mitchell, Mitchell is like maybe better than Dejounte Murray on paper, but he doesn't play make as well. So and he doesn't defend as well in theory. So there you go. That's what I thought. That's yeah, right. I, there's problems guess, with Donovan guess, Mitchell, but you got to do it if you're the Cavs. No, I agree. I mean, I guess the the one, like you kind of brought up, the one real issue now is like the only way the Cavs have to like improve their roster is through free agency and trades. And right. We're locked in. And do we want to be locked in at yeah. this level? That's right. the that's the thought I have. You know, 2024, and, are we like... And then I don't think Mitchell stays. So in two years... How, how many more years is he under contract? He has... The, he has two in a player option or three in a player option. So, but you know, this is like this year and next year, right? He'll play. And then when he goes into his walk year, that's all the leverage is in his, the ball is in is his court to say, I don't want to pick up my option. And then the Cavs have to trade him, right? Or get nothing for him. And that's every small market team that acquires somebody like that. That's the situation you don't want to be in, but is likely where you're going to be, right? In two years, you're going to have to trade Donovan Mitchell for something, knowing that you have no leverage, and that stinks. So hopefully they can keep him, but... Hmm. And then he'll be 30 ben, soon. I mean, at the end of the contract, he'll be 30. He's small. Anyway, go ahead, Ben. Hmm. Ben, I know you were knee-deep in rehearsal rewatches yeah. hmm. yesterday when you got news mm-hmm. of the Mitchell trade. Yep. Um, just first thoughts and impressions when you heard... Uh, Spider Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell was headed to Cleveland. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really, you know, like consumed Nick's Twitter to like see all the meltdowns out there. But it's pretty objectively hilarious that the Knicks like somehow fucked this up. I mean, maybe they did it <laughs> intentionally. Um, and also for the record, like I didn't want Donovan Donovan yes. Mitchell at all, and I don't. Uh, did I think they? It's, did they fuck this up? Because I feel like they, yeah. they're they a big winner here, I feel like. I mean, they probably are, but on like to a casual fan or like to sports rate, I don't know. I get, Again, I haven't like it's, seen it's, all the reaction. Like, Maybe you have a better sense of this, Chris. Like, are, do how's, you, how's the Bing Bong, Bing Bong guy doing, Chris? Y- yeah. Are <laughs> Is we, his head held see, high? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't traffic in that space i think the general <laughs> consensus with nick i think the general consensus with nick's fans is like a range of emotions which includes like disappointed because uh it seemed like uh 
All right, so we're just going to talk about the next part. Whammy, you good with talking some Knicks stuff? Here? I mean, we got we'll 66% Knicks on this podcast, so let's let's go for it. Let's <laughs> yeah. dive in. I so think it's like you, a range of emotions your, your, for Knicks your, your, fans your time. in terms of being like disappointed because there was this like overwhelming belief that the Knicks had the best assets and like and they did they did have the best assets and also they were making very competitive strong offers from everything we're led to believe you know from Woj and shams like they were making real good faith offers um and it just everything we were were hearing from every media outlet was like he's gonna go to the knicks it's just a matter of like for what package and will it happen you know in september or october or whatever it is or in august july um, so I think there's a faction of people who are like disappointed other people like me who are just kind of relieved that it's over. Uh, <laughs> like we were talking, uh, I was talking with our friend Ryan and he was like, get it. He was like, get it done, Leon. And I was, I was saying to him, I was like, at this point, I'm kind of just like, get it over with Leon. Mm. Like, uh, whether I want Donovan Mitchell or not at this point, it's sort of, it's sort of a moot point. Like I just... If it's inevitable, then just get it over with mm. and like let's all just move on because I can't keep reading these stupid yeah. rumored <laughs> Obi Toppin. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Hypothetical Derek trait. Like Rose. it's just so Yeah. It's just so stupid. Like like just do it or don't do it, but like we all just gotta move on. Can I um, can I say for the record, like I do feel like the Knicks knocked it out of the park here. Because I trading think Knicks, uh, Yes, you want Donovan Mitchell on your team. You do not want him on your team if you're going to go from the 10th seed to the 8th seed with him. And yeah. you do not want him on your team if you're going to give up the most promising young player you've had in two decades in R.J. Barrett. Yeah. R.J. Barrett think, is not nothing. So I, I think the the general consensus like for, for most Knicks fans is like, disappointed that we didn't get a really good player in, in Donovan it'd Mitchell. It'd be really on cool. On the, other, yeah. on, the other hand, on the other hand, like they were asking for... An, an arm and a leg and it seemed like they were holding the Knicks maybe to a different rightfully so by the way they were holding the Knicks maybe to a different standard in terms of like hey if the Knicks are involved we want literally everything they have because these guys are so dumb they're so mismanaged <laughs> yeah. like if it's we're really if good. we're involving the yeah. Knicks in a trade we want the next 10 years of draft picks we want every young player and to Leon Rose's credit he was like no like if I, you know like I if you do can get not. if you can get that deal from someone else, then go get it. Right, which um, they got a lot from the Cavs. I, they gave the Cavs gave up a lot. Yes, but I will and also I say I, I don't believe I, these reports from these. All of a sudden, the Knicks yeah. were offering every player on their team plus the next fourteen years of their draft capital. I think if they offered R.J. Barrett quickly and three unprotected first rounders, you're doing the deal. And if oh, you're, yeah. they said, Woj said in July, yeah, in July, which, but then the Knicks offered the Knicks offered R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, three unprotected draft picks, and, and, and swap. pick swaps. But that that's like that was then pretty, the I sent I'm you that sure R.J. Chris Barrett Hayes. has a better resale value than Colin Sexton does. Um, so if well, they didn't want that deal, like I don't know, I don't know about R.J.'s resale value because he is kind of in that in-between spot of a rebuilding team would want him, right? But they're not going to give up their picks because their picks are going to be really good. Is a contending team going to think he's going to put him away? Whatever. But uh, R.J. Barrett, I think, is an amazing player. And I think that if... The, I said to you that Chris Hayes report that that was what the Jazz asked for. He reported it in July the Jazz asked for that and the Knicks backed away. 
all of this, the Knicks were offering all this stuff to me, reeks of the Knicks trying to make Danny Ainge look bad. Like, hey, fans, yeah, we tried think, to go get him. Also, yeah. I think we tried to go get him, and Danny Ainge did it wrong. You know, like, I, th- I, well, yeah, I, I, I think, think they're, the other part of it's damage control. I think the other part of yeah. this is that Leon Rose was brought to New York with a very clear mandate, which was like, you're here go to get, get a star stars. players. Yeah. You, you ran the basketball operations at CAA. Like, get us the boys. Bring the boys. You have relationships with Joel Embiid. You have relationships with Donovan Mitchell. Your mandate here from Jim Dolan is to get one of these young, budding stars. And Donovan Mitchell was always the guy that was circled. And we had seemingly the biggest war chest. We had the most draft picks. We had young players. He, uh, Mitchell, everything we heard was like he wanted to be here. You know, the team's in a decent enough place that it's reasonable to expect if he was traded here that the Knicks would be in the playoff mix. So, like, all signs pointed to it making sense. So, I think all these leaks are about Leon Rose probably Saving face. Pissed that, like, hey, I was brought to New York for a reason and Danny Ainge just tried to, like, take me to the woodshed and it didn't work out and now I'm pissed. So, I'm letting... People know that we made really good competitive offers and Danny Ainge didn't take him. Well, Danny Ainge didn't want to send him here, basically. But I don't think that he made those offers. I just, I just don't. I, you don't think what? I don't think he made those offers. You know, like offer is a weird word because they don't send like a formal letter or whatever sealed in wax. But like if Danny Ainge was offered that package... He would have taken it. I think you'd be an idiot not to. Nick's, uh, we talked about this ad nauseum, Chris. Nick's picks are one of the most oh, valuable. I'd rather have Nick's picks than Cavs picks. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah, that's what we even twenty twenty six. The way that the way I'd that Ainge three Nick's picks then three Cavs picks plus Sexton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Honestly. even the way, but the way like, Ainge structured the deal with the Cavs, <laughs> it's like it's like he believes Donovan's not coming back, right? Because it's like twenty twenty six through twenty twenty nine. All the draft capital. It's like the year after Donovan becomes a free agent, the draft picks start, right. and that means he's thinking they're not going to have Donovan, they're not going to have any assets, and so they're going to be in tank town. But the Knicks are already in tank town, and if they acquired right. they acquired Donovan Mitchell, you know they would they would have to- been strapped up against the luxury tax. And their three best players are du- Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and Donovan Mitchell. And where, where are we going? And, and yeah, no I mean, RJ. To Ben's point. To Ben's point, Ben, like, you know this better than anyone watching and following the Knicks over the years. Like, the Knicks f- fire their president every 18 months. Mm-hmm. There's literally every, you know, 18 months, two years, there's a new figurehead. There's a new god, yeah. whether it's Isaiah new head Thomas, coach, gonna Glenn Grunwald, some Scott Layden, toughness and grit. Right. Donnie Walsh, Leon Rose, uh, Phil Jackson. Every, you know, every two years, it's someone new. And when that new person comes in, the whole roster, the whole plan gets wiped away. Mm-hmm. So those Knicks draft picks are so valuable because there is a high probability that the team will be in a completely different direction in a year from now. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Ainge didn't didn't bite. But here's a question. I think you mentioned earlier, Wham, something about Tank Town. Are tank the, Town. Are the Knicks in Tank Town? The Knicks are not... What are we we doing here? Right. Okay, great question, right? Great great question, Ben. I think the Knicks... Thanks a lot. I think the Knicks... Well, because it's like, you know, we're focusing on so much on what they didn't do, but what are they doing? The Knicks have rightly acquired a lot of draft capital. Mm -hmm. The Knicks... Mission one for the Knicks needs to be getting rid of Julius Randle, getting 
two more. Unless you're trying to tank. Well, no. What do you mean? What do you? Because Julius Randle's not good. Yeah, you feel like he helps you lose games. Is yes. What you're saying? Okay. Precisely. Well, whatever. I mean, the Knicks cap Knicks cap space is in theory valuable. I feel like they have they have the ability to be what Cleveland is now within the next two years, mm. a place where a star player may want to go, and having the assets to acquire that star player via draft capital, like they could be that in two years. Because I think RJ, Darius Garland. Maybe not Evan Mobley. I mean, Evan Mobley has, seems to have worlds of potential beyond any of these guys. But RJ and Darius Garland, like they, they're pretty comparable, good young players. So get a couple more good young players, draft in the top five for two more years, yeah, and then go get whatever star has fallen off the wagon in their respective town. You know, Zion or who, whoever it is, John Morant. I mean, that would be a you yeah. know. That would be that would be what you do, and it seemed like they were doing that. And I think acquiring Mitchell would have been just way too early to blow their draft capital on getting not a number one through five NBA player, yeah, and and just committing them to being the sixth seed for the f- four years until they get a new president, and then everything's wiped away and blah blah blah. So two more years of being kind of bad for the Knicks, or even one more year of getting. You know, if they could, do they have their draft pick this year? Yep. If the Knicks get friggin' Victor Wembanyama and RJ Barrett, and- I mean that's the thing. It's like I want them to tank more though than I think they're going to. Yeah, they may not have that's a choice. Like though. it, 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 it involves not. a series of things. Like, like honestly, like the, tank- the Knicks getting Victor Wembanyama yeah. means that Tom Thibodeau is not the coach, right? Like the Knicks maybe, aren't going to be bad maybe enough. Though, maybe though, because the tank is no longer what the tank was years ago, right? Like you can be the last place team in the NBA and get the fourth pick or whatever. Like it's the percentages are not, you can't, you can't realistically be like the 12th worst team and expect, you know what I mean? Like, no, but I think the Knicks have a good chance to be pretty bad. You know, not maybe the Knicks have Thibodeau. Thibodeau doesn't want them to be bad. That's what I'm saying. Like Tom Thibodeau is going to, but they did not make push these guys. They did hard not enough make the play in last year, right? I mean, no. I was so, just thinking, do we? Uh, did they draft someone in the first round in this past mm, draft? But you know what they did, Ben, was they acquired three crap protected picks from a bunch of other teams. Uh, they traded the eleventh. Trade like this. they traded the eleventh pick for three picks that are like protected three future picks, but they're all protected for, beyond the lottery. Like you're not yeah. getting a lottery pick for them, you're getting 14 through 30. Interesting. For those three picks, they'll never be unprotected. If they are, there it's like 2028. 20, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, wake me up when they're either <laughs> they like, do have actually to... doing the process, or they I think have, they like, are the top three draft pick. Cause... I think they are doing the process. I think it uh... maybe seems like they're not because they have some good players, but again, they did not make the play in. It's not that out of the realm of possibilities that things go pretty bad for them this year. Yeah. Even if, if they have able a, to move, the if they're able to move the Randall's contract, if they're able to move Randall's contract, then we could see a pretty precipitous, like rebuild. Dra- like yeah, rebuild exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I do think they could get if they get the fifth pick next year, the fifth pick for the next two years. You have some. That's some. You can get some good, good young talent in there and. I, th- I really think RJ Barrett is a foundationally good player. Like he seems to be I agree. like Chris, uh, did you yeah. do that on the pod before where you can do like the stat game where it's like LeBron and RJ <laughs> Barrett are the only two people to have 
Like you can manipulate the stats to like carve out a couple. Like the only people to score yeah. eighteen point six points. Yeah, the, yeah. the Tommy, the Tommy Beer special. Yeah, you can do it. It's like Oscar Robertson, LeBron, RJ Barrett. Yeah, like you can do that. He's he's good. You you don't have to squint to appreciate him. He's he's good. So get yeah. two more people like. And what was he the the fourth the third pick? I also think like you pick. know Quentin Quentin Grimes was in and out of these trades. Oh, people I'm, love QG. I'm excited yeah. to see him, man. Like he he looks really really good. People like him. Um, People like him. So, yeah. So then Nick should Nick's fans are always quibbling. We're always crying about like, hey, uh, like I, we just want to root for guys. We just want to like be able to like root for guys that we drafted, and that's what happened here. Is like we didn't trade off quickly. We didn't trade off Toppin. We didn't trade off Grimes. We didn't trade off Barrett, and now we get to actually, you know, even if the team isn't great, like at least we can root for the guys that we brought you know that we brought here that we drafted so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy i think it's a win so Cavs thoughts guys i mean is it what are we looking at so wh- when, where do you think like yeah. yeah where do you think the Cavs I, sit in terms of the eastern conference pecking order the ceiling would appear to be the three seed i think and i also Philly, don't know better, Philly, boston are, did, are they better than Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Philly, mm, Brooklyn? It's a long yeah, season. It's a yeah, long season. I think we're, yeah, Brooklyn. Philly's kind of the wild card for me in terms of them being the, the three seed. It does seem like the ceiling to me is the three seed, right? And the mm. floor is like the six seed. You know, that seems to be the range for me. And then I also think that, you know, Boston, Robert Williams' health, a couple things go wrong. You know, they, they were very bad for one half of the NBA season last year and That's had true. some luck in the playoffs. You know, are they like the legit second best team in the East is a definite question that we'll have to answer. But so if, if everything stays equal, you know, it, it's possible they're better than my, I, I definitely think they're better than Miami, you know, like that t- seems not to be too controversial for me to say. I mean, I'm, I'm open to, yeah. other interpretations there but they just acquired you know a prolific three-point shooter who's like 21st in the nba in per and has a true shooting percentage of 57 percent like he's pretty good so i don't see miami like getting better based on what they did yeah and the Cavs got a lot better i think um and but maybe not like milwaukee better milwaukee seems to be the one thing that i'm like they're not beating milwaukee but yeah. but they do they could beat could you see him beating the Sixers you know being better than the Sixers James Harden yeah you know, it depends a lot on Harden right like it's is James is James Harden riding through the season you know thirty points a game all eighty two games I don't know mm. is in Boston is is you know Tatum whatever was wrong with him in the finals not wrong with him and is Robert Williams knee gonna hold up the whole year Robert Williams a big key to that team yeah they, sure. but they did get very they did get. Uh, I don't want to sell short my main man from Indiana, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, but he's yeah. never healthy either. And so Gallinari just got injured. Just got again. hurt. Yeah, torn, yeah. torn, whatever. So what? I mean, I need to hear. You know, that's my take. So what are you? Are you? Where are you? Where are you slotting them, guys? Where, where's the slot? I, yeah, middle of the pack. I don't know. I kind of agree with what you said, Wham. Like it seems like this trade moves the Cavs from like the seventh or eighth seed to somewhere closer to the to the fourth sure. but i don't know that they're are they better than miami that. that's my question to you i think they are better than miami i would rather if i had to bet 
You'd pick the Cavs, right? I mean, yeah. I think. I think They're it's just younger, pretty healthy. easy. That would be a really interesting playoff series because it seems like, I would say, like, the story of that playoff series would be, like, the offense of the Cavs versus, like, the hard-nosed defense of the Heat. Right. And I, I think, I, 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 man, well, I think that would be a great, great series. But you said the hard-nosed defense of the Heat, and when we're talking about, you know, Five-time future defensive player of the year, Evan Mobley, and you know, yeah, it's like, Mobley and Allen. yeah, like that's yeah, I'd but have like those that, guys than one band but like Garland, him. Garland and Mitchell, like defending. Ooh, Heath. Uh, it's tough. I mean, they're they're not they're not perfect. It's not perfect. I yeah. would have, like I said, I would have rather have gotten Dejounte Murray, who yeah. though although is not like a big three-point threat. Yeah, it's a thing. How does he fit next to Garland? Because he kind of needs the ball in his hands to be like effective on offense at all. Well, he's a little closer to a wing. Mm. You know, I, you can I you can really, squint and see a wing with Dejounte. One really good thing. Sorry, this is like sort of a tangential like side point. Wham is that Mitchell does seem excited to be going to Cleveland. He does. What a, he was dancing like he, on the golf like course. He, yeah, you said like you were worried about him leaving in two years. I mean. I, th- I think it's encouraging and positive that he seems to be excited about the idea of playing with these guys. So, but this that's is good. this is the ish. like he's not like sulking. He's not sulking no. about well, like, how, like small market Midwest going Cleveland. from Utah to yeah, Cleveland. He's getting it's, out of Utah. It's a this. city upgrade. No offense to Utah. Yeah. Um, it's a city upgrade. It's a ungodly talent upgrade. Probably the most talent he's played with on one team. Grobert is great, but this is probably the most talented team that he'll play with, I hope. Um, but then this is what, so the, when I look into the future, let's say they make the second round of the playoffs two, three years in a row. You know, what happens to teams that make the second round of the playoffs and lose three years in a row? You know, what what's happened to the jazz, right? Like what, what's the, what's, you know, people get pissed and they want to get out. And it's not just like the fans who get fatigued by that. The players think, you know, are we going to make it over the hump? I got to go somewhere to win a, chip, a championship. You know, I'm 28 at this point in time, if you're Donovan Mitchell in two, three years. And it's like, okay, we made the second round again and lost now to this uber-talented Boston team or lost to this, you know, crazy, uh, uh, oh my God, Milwaukee team that, you know, can't be beaten because Giannis is just supernova. So it's kind of scary in that way. That this these second round playoff teams are very good and very, it's really great, but it's not just the fans that get fatigued. The players don't want to be on teams that lose in the second round. Hmm. Makes sense. I guess we'll see what right, happens. Ben, ben says middle of the pack. What is that narrow? Middle down, of the ben? playoff pack, not middle of like the Eastern Conference. It's like twelve, fourteen. But what? Give me a number, Ben. Give, better than Miami. Miami was the two. Yeah, seed sure, they're better than year. Miami. Okay. They were the two seed last year. Yeah, but they're... Or they were the one seed. Fuck. They were the one seed, right? They were. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were. I mean... I think uh, the Cavs are going to be fun. I think I think they're going to be like... Great watch. Like a, league pass. Special. Yeah, they're going to be like a Hawks mm-hmm. level, like league pass. Like, I'm watching this team tonight because they have great offensive players. I want to see if Donovan Mitchell can score 40 points. Are they going to be the third seed? I don't know. Maybe the fourth or fifth seed, but they're going to be really fun and they're young and they're going to be together for a while, which is cool. If everything... And eventually, you know, in two years, three years, like teams like Miami, you're going to fall off. Maybe Philly, Miami's... you know, injuries happen. Like Miami's fallen off sooner than we yeah. think. And I, yeah, like yeah maybe, maybe this is the year that Miami does fall off. I don't know. But I also think, you know, everything goes right there. The three seed, 
and a couple of things go wrong for the other teams. They you know they they just put themselves in a position to capitalize on their core that they mm. weren't in beforehand. And yeah, they're a league pass team. And can we just also talk about this player movement this offseason? It's been wonderful. The players that have moved and the teams so that have acquired movement. them. Grobert, DeJounte, Donovan Mitchell. I'm forgetting somebody else, I feel like. But like it's... Oh, Durant just wanted to get traded and Kyrie just wanted to get traded. But... P.J. Tucker. Uh, P- Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, Brog- yeah Brogdon's yeah. a great deal. And then the, um, Jamari... Uh, Jamari... Uh, Jeremy Grant in in uh, oh to Portland, Portland. Yeah. oh he went to Portland. Sorry. It's a lot of fun player movement. And a lot of teams that were kind of in the middle getting better. And I just think like Atlanta, Cleveland, where they go from here is so fascinating. So, <clears throat> all right, boys, I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Peace. Um, this was a lot of fun as always. Keep the uh, Apple Podcast reviews. So we're just not gonna, we're gonna talk about the finale of the rehearsal. Ben, we we, wanna... we were a rehearsal podcast for the first five of the six episodes of the show, and then we're just gonna pretend that the last one just like never happened. Well, Nathan did us we wrong. Just, like, he... Oh, we forgot. We forgot to. to he did to a no no. Okay, so he did a no no. I, I kind of I I have I'm kind of tight on time, so we can yeah. talk about it really. No, I, I actually don't. I don't even know if I want to get into it because I don't think I can talk about the show for like any less than like two hours. So. It's probably so maybe the next, write yourself, next episode. When yeah. my daughter misses me at preschool, I have her write me a letter. So maybe that's a good move. Did you rewatch you. the finale today, this morning? Yeah, I literally just finished it uh, right before we started recording. Come on, Again? you gotta give us some thoughts. Yeah, how many Come times on. is that? Well, wow. it's like the fourth or fifth. I don't know. I lost track. What do you got? Um, what do you got? It's 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 good. It's a uh, it's a good show. It's uh, you know my feelings are very complicated. <laughs> um. I really do feel us, like, yeah. uh, no, I just said it's, it's hard. It's pretty hard to like, uh, articulate in like, uh, you know, a short summary, but yeah, Can I, I would get... say that I feel, uh, I think the way I described it to you, Chris, in the past was that no shows ever made me feel like literally of two minds at the same time. Like usually I kind of like go back and forth like well first of all like 99 percent of all content i ever consume i it's pretty easy for me to decide if i think it's good or bad yeah um and i can like settle on my opinion like pretty pretty quickly and pretty uh like firmly um this is a show where i swung like in totally like wildly opposite directions uh at various times and then the point that i ended on was literally like both poles at the same time mm. um so that's where kind of like with it kind of like the political spectrum like if you go so far to the right you meet with the so far to the left horseshoe part. theory yeah kind of like that maybe i guess i don't know um, here, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a tree branch here to grab onto. okay well it's a prompt if you will if the events in the last episode are real and not mm. staged yeah, Nathan Fielder is the worst person still working in entertainment. <laughs> How about that? I'll give you a little, give stuck mm. stick a little claim in there. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reject that. The worst person working in entertainment do you, still working. Do you know, still working. Do you know who works in the yeah, entertainment that's, business? Maybe that's the. He's People a very who, like, bad actually who actually he's a very bad guy. And yes, yeah, that's and, true. That's true. Yeah, but like currently, who has an HBO show? And, How about that? There, we'll we'll raise the floor. Mm, a little I'm not bit. even sure about that. Dude. We'd There's have to look through of... the. We'd have to look through the service. Yeah, 
But it's very bad what he did in the last episode, if it's real. Um, I agree. Uh, there were... Directly harmful to people. There, there was, like, a, 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 like, I'll never forget, like, the sensation of watching that episode for the very first time, uh, late at night in bed, uh, the night that it aired. you're his father. And, um, and I was, like, I've never felt, like, such visceral, like, anger and disappointment, um at like any entertainment product like wow. there's there's been like you know there's lots of shows that you hate watch because you think they're shit and they're like the newsroom for example like made me so angry but like in a in like a fun way where i got to just yeah. make fun of aaron sorkin and that was wonderful and cathartic and we love that uh there's other shows that are just boring and i don't give a shit about them like right. 99.9 like like of all, all, shows. all shows made yeah Right. Um, there's other shows that are delightful and enjoyable and wash over me like a, you know, cool breeze. And then I forget about them the next day. Um, this is a show that cons- that fully consumed my brain for the duration of its run. Um, and when I got to the end, I was like, just so furious. Um, and then I-, I thought about it more and I became less furious. And then I thought about it more and I became more furious and then I thought about it more, and I became less, and then more. And then I realized, like, I can't, uh, there's no argument or, like, analysis that I can do that will erase uh, that initial feeling of rage. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I felt it, like, so, like, I was, like, literally ready to, like, throw my phone across the room. I was so <laughs> pissed. Um, can I raise my hand and ask one, th- or maybe just point out one thing? Sure. Yes. I do wonder sometimes if... Like you were saying, you felt rage, and then you, what what was your exact phrasing? Like you were angry, and then you were like less angry. Yeah, I felt less rage the more I thought about it, but then yeah, right. I came back around you to were the like, rage. Felt rage, and then you thought about it and felt less rage. Yeah, I do wonder sometimes when we experience that sensation in life, whether it's like about a TV show or a choice that you made or whatever, mm-hmm. if you're trying to justify and not feel bad about the way you've spent your time Mm. yeah uh because ben has invested a lot of time you know what i mean like do you ever have you ever like invest so much of your time or energy like this can't be bad into a person into a show into a thing into a choice you've made it can't be bad you you have this like clear-headed like guttural reaction where you're like this is bad yeah or like i really fucked up and then you're like no 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 it it wasn't that bad and you're trying to sort of like explain away or sort of like forgive yourself yeah or you know what yeah because I mean? you don't yeah again because of the the emotional and the time investment you don't want to feel like that was completely wasted so yeah there's right. for sure uh, an incentive like you were duped there's a personal incentive for me to convince myself that the thing that I watched was not as bad right. as I maybe thought it was. Um, and we do love Nathan Fielder. I mean, freely, we he like brought us laugh. so much joy. <laughs> yeah. But I, do, I wanted to point out something that I've noticed in a thread throughout his work that I mm. it's sort of now become a, a pattern that I've seen. He has had a pretty cavalier willingness to make children's pain the joke of the show. And it's sort of like the like there's little entry points where you're like, oh, this is funny. Like yeah. the claw, you're like, the oh, claw this is of, funny. The claw of shame. Also, and then I you re- go, I recently rewatched you go the, to the hotel, the hotel room, 
yeah, where there's a and, a and we don't know let me preface this by saying that i do not know if the stuff that is happening on his show is real yeah so i don't know when the they thing. show the shot of that soundproof booth in the hotel room with the people having an orgy if there's really a kid inside if there's there, even a kid i don't yes. know right like yes. i don't know he could be doing that and totally tricking me but let's say it's real then yeah. you move into the the child whose dog died and they recorded a message for the child. Oh, God, yes. And, and that is crying. just purely about the kid, like, being in pain. And then yeah. you move into the rehearsal where at the last episode, and it's like, you can't even pretend that you're a kid's father. If the kid thinks that for a minute, you can't do it. There's a lot. Yeah, so There's a lot. Like, Ben and I were talking, there's a lot of punching down. And it's not always just like... Hey, but this it's is a at joke, and I'm punching yeah. down. Sometimes it's just straight like manipulation. Like right. you said, Whammy, it's like, why is it cool to like exploit a child? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what just, I don't get. It's just not like whether it's even like a punchline joke, punchy thing. It's sometimes it's just like he does have a unique like, okay. thread of. I can't think of another comedian who involves kids now is like in the way that he does as much as he does because it's yeah. if you look back, you're like it's kind of a lot. Yeah. And then it's kind of like the 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 line that he crosses is like I am not afraid to like cause them pain on camera. And yeah. like you know even the the job the job interview with the kid that got to tell him the kid gets to say he did the interview with the earpiece in his ear and said whatever the kid said. Even oh, even yeah. that kid is like you know it's funny but then yeah. you look and the kid is like uncomfortable like he doesn't want to talk into the mic and like he's just sort of stuck there. It's like that stuff is and then like the ball, like if you don't have this ball, you're a baby. Remember that? It's it's he developed yeah, a yeah, product. Yeah, the toy that he's yeah, yeah. That, he's, that he's promoting. Yeah. You know what it reminds me a bit of Whammy? You're like It's a lot I can't of kids stuff. Another show with as much kid stuff. Yeah. The only thing that I can really think of is like, do you remember? I feel like when we were children, I don't know if you guys watched shows like America's Funniest Home Videos. Of course, yeah. yeah. Like there were a lot of like, oh like, yeah, like shows where you would see videos of and the kids kid falling like, or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it it was objectively funny. You could laugh and not feel bad about it because you were always it was an accident under the impression that, that what you were seeing was like real, right? And accidental, mm-hmm. and this is like actual footage. Whereas with you know, Nathan Fielder's work, it's all intentional. It's like, this is like an adult directing another thing a in child that, to do and say things that's like uncomfortable. Another thing in that vein is, and I think this is like maybe even a step further, and I really hate this, is the Jimmy Kimmel taking your oh. kid's candy bit. Yeah, I fuck hate, that shit. I that hate is that so bit. terrible. What? That's just... What are you doing? You what? Like, who are you? Like, you're It's stepping. just a stupid segment on Kimmel where it's but like... it's every year. He does it every year. Yeah, parents go to their kids and, and say, say that ate they ate candy. all the Halloween candy, and then they just show the kids, like, horrified and often, like, crying, crying reaction. And, and it's, it's like... That's it. But there's nothing the, more to it. Like, the joke the is, bit. I'm the person you trust most in the world, and I've betrayed you. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. Like, like, ah, little child. So, I mean, the Fielder thing... Let's watch kids lose their faith and ability to trust. Crazy. Great. Like, that's so cynical. So not But I don't put that anywhere in the same bucket as the rehearsal. And I I do think... I mean, also, there's, like, so... Like, the more I think about the show, also, the more I realize, like, this is actually 
a stupid exercise trying to even figure out how I feel about it because I have incomplete information. Yeah, right. right? We don't know if this kid was an actor. My opinion, my feelings yeah. about all this could change dra- dramatically depending on a new piece of information. And I will say that yeah. there are bits of information online that I've seen, um, like the actual grandmother of Remy. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but she went on like Reddit and has been on Twitter replies being like, Remy's doing great. He's fine. Like, it's all good. Like, um, now is that a false flag? Yeah. I mean, you can't trust anything. Yep. Completely, uh, wouldn't put it past them. Um, and like, what about that line of, children through the work what do you what are your yeah, thoughts yeah no i it's definitely very troubling i agree i do think that the that this like feels like perhaps an, something of an endpoint to that line because i do think and again Oof. i don't know how much of it was staged and scripted and planned bef- you know ahead of time but i i do have to like try to judge the show on its own like on what we were shown yeah and the fact that Nathan, even if it was, oh, okay, like, if some kids get, like, confused and mixed up, like, maybe that's not so bad. We can use that as content. Right. Uh, I don't think there was, like, there's so much shit that they did on the show that I'm sure, like, just went nowhere. And there's so much footage that was shot that was never used. And I have to imagine that, like, there was an element of, like, unscripted surprise um, when you know, the kids first started crying when he was leaving the house. And then like, I don't think that like the plan was like, Hey, let's try to like fuck a kid's head up. And then we'll like make that into like the finale. I think that they perhaps, um, uh, you know, neglectfully allowed that situation to, to happen. And that should be rightly criticized. But the fact that whatever, like Nathan, you know, gets into that situation and then instead of he died, I don't know. Right I think there in. were a lot. There are lots of ways that he that I think the fact that he like really went out of his way to f- zero in on like the, that situation and try to do to do something to yeah uh, repair it and to focus on it and the fact that he was clearly like affected by it. Of course, he then like instead of just, like, apologizing and, like, devoting the remainder of the show to, like, make sure the kid was okay, of course he, like, doubles down on the joke and uh, and does a rehearsal or a reenactment. Like, so there's a lot of it where it's, like, he doesn't really forgive himself and he doesn't give himself, like, a happy, like, you know, I'm a good guy kind of resolution. Um, but at the end of the day... But I thought day, he was blaming the mom. Yeah, so, and, well, in character, right? Like, he's making a joke about yeah, blaming... Yeah, but, like, I, I felt like... Yeah, I felt like the way the episode ended was was him sort of suggesting that like, hey, we all make mistakes. Meaning, like, the mother made the mistake of letting the child get involved. Yeah. In so, the, as, in, yeah, as Amber, like, he says, maybe we shouldn't have done that show, huh? It's like a weird thing for a little kid to be a part of. Right. Which is, uh, but you know what, mommy's not perfect. Okay, she makes mistakes too. So he is laying blame on the mother, but at the, mother at the same child? at the same time. He's acknowledging like this was it's, a fucked up thing. The show is yeah. He's he's yeah, also but, like, criticizing he's the creator of the show. Well, yeah. But, like so, aside from that nuance of figuring out the target of that, like what he's going, he could be like setting himself up as a heel, right? Like he could be sort of that character of Nathan Fielder that we know on TV, probably different than the guy in real life. We don't know, but like taking yeah. Ben's point of like just watching what actually happened. 
instead of like turning off the road and trying to like help an accident, he like caused another accident. You know, like he he, he didn't run from a fire; he poured gas on it, and yeah. the and the end result is him benefiting from it. So like if yeah, what is getting another season right and like if, they announced season two if like, what uh, is real in that sh- if what we saw in that show is real the end result is him mistakes. benefiting from a child's pain even if right. he's making a joke about it he's still getting the benefit of another, it another yeah so but like yeah I think that he was still doing more to try to repair that pain that I mean yeah he caused it mm. uh, I just don't know how much of it was intentional or seemed like uh, he was like i'm gonna exacerbate this and then i'm gonna examine why i exacerbated it and then i'm gonna make that mistake joke it didn't seem like he was trying to help the child in any way it didn't seem like he was like i don't know i feel I like think... he was trying to help the child as long as because it would be an interesting episode yeah right right, right. because helping the child could then be developed into a furthering of the bit of <laughs> right then great, trying plot line trying to fake being which the is different than being like mother. i and I want to really fucked up. Yeah, and I also want to like, need to like just write a wrong. Reiterate again, so we don't look like complete clowns. He could. It all could be made up, and we could yeah. be. We could be completely duped by a master. The guy was a magician growing up. Yeah. So sleight of hand. I don't. You know. I don't think six-year-old Remy was acting, or five-year-old Remy was acting. As, we don't know. You know we don't a, know. A father of a five-year-old boy, myself, like that seemed pretty genuine when that kid was crying. Um, it did. It's also possible that they did that scene ten times and waited until the kid started crying. Um, the kid was tired. It's also possible that, yeah, the, you know, like, not to try to minimize or downplay uh, what was a pretty horrific thing to put a child through, but also as a father of a five-and-a-half-year-old, like, you know, kids have meltdowns, they get confused. They, their emotions uh, change I, rapidly. You know, their emotions change very rapidly, and then they move on and they forget and they get upset about something completely different the next day. I really don't think that HBO would have aired that footage if there was, like, I think there were, they're just, like, litigation-wise, like, they're... Mu- what? Putting, putting a lot of faith there and uh, the... <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like they would never uh, again. Do like anything. what what he did to that child. Uh, getting back to your original accusation or uh, allegation, Wham that uh, that Nathan Fielder's the most evil man in Hollywood. Like uh, not great. What what we what we all had to endure. And again, I'm remembering like the visceral rage I felt the first time I watched that episode. Um, but in terms of like what actual child actors on in other movies and TV shows and like. You know, I'm not trying to excuse it by being like, oh, well, by, you know, by abusing this child, he's really just shining a spotlight on a deeper problem in Hollywood and how television is made, yada, yada. Because I don't believe that, you know, the ends justify the means there. But I will say, like, after watching that episode, I I will never think about children in television and movies the same way again. And I don't think anyone who has half of a brain will think that way. And I'm not saying he's going to, like, you know, he's like whistleblowing and he's going to revolutionize the fucking acting industry and child actors are, are going to be regulated a completely different way than they currently are. Uh, or, you know, every parent of a child actor is going to think twice about what they're putting their children through because, you know, I'm sure the vast majority of them have never heard of Nathan Fielder or watched his show. So, like, again, doesn't justify, you know, hurting or harming one child in any way. But I also really don't think that that child was hurt or harmed in a in a deep enough way for me to like 
and that i mean it was fucking upsetting as shit like again and that goes to chris's that goes to chris's point of you know thinking about it and trying but it's like uh that through line of the joke being like a kid can lose their innocence at any time it's kind of that's what my mind is stuck on you know his a lot of his bits are about you know what would happen if this kid was no longer a kid and brought into adulthood in a way that was not you know like um slow and i you know i think about that a lot involuntary yes right what if you what if you tricked a child what if you tricked a child on camera into losing their faith and their innocence yeah what if we saw what if we saw that but and so i don't i'm not saying anything untoward about like uh, again it's it's not like i'm accusing him of any you know gross gross impropriety like i'm just saying that 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 joke it's something that i think about you know my everybody in their everybody grows up everybody that moment when you grow up or that moment when you lose that faith or innocence or whatever you want to call it when you transition from being a child to being an adult everybody has that moment in their own life and it you know that's something that he's putting into his work a lot so i'm i'm just curious why why that is and what that means and you know, it makes me feel a certain way. It probably makes people who've experienced that moment in different ways feel a ton of different ways. And I can't imagine if you were a child actor how you would feel and et cetera, et cetera. Just worth noting. So there you go. Yeah. Guys, I got to bounce. I'm Bye. Sorry. Right. Okay. Go Cavs. Sorry, this had to be so quick. Go um, Cavs. Uh, talk to you guys next see week. See you at the rehearsal premiere, guys. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Bye, guys. Continue. It always fun to do the pod. Bye. You can listen to Switch. 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 Switch.